Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you wanna learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Kuhn. I'm on the journey to go from hip hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. This is the show where I interview multifamily real estate investors, discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Now today we are bringing back the Jason Yorussi. Now this episode is not about his story. It is not about how he or why he chose multifamily. This step is all about actionable items and what we can do in order to help our investing investing journey uh, if we are just starting out with limited experience or limited capital. So Jason, welcome back. Psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, I want to give just a quick shout out to Alessandra Thompson and, uh, you know, who brought us who brought us together on this podcast because uh, her story was actually extremely inspiring and in how she added value to, uh, she was able to even add value and, and make that leap um, and also like invest in herself as well. And so, I mean, first right off the bat, like shout out Alessandra. Um, now in doing this shout out Alessandra, I would love to know like what made her stand out for, for y'all to kind of like mentor her and, and bring her in. Well, the mentorship is, is we are so happy to do that. However, she served such an invaluable role to our business, right? So she stepped in, in a time when we were moving to Tennessee, right? We were looking for a team member to come in here and help us with some of the in-betweens, right? We talked on the other uh, show about balancing, right? When we were here, we, we now didn't have the team members we had in New Jersey and we were balancing again. We were trying to do all these things, carry the 80 plates when we shouldn't have. Well, Alessandra has come in here and helped us bridge those gaps, right? Where she's taking on a lot of things within our business to allow us to put the attention to other aspects, right? And in the same part, she's, she's seeing the behind the scenes to understand why we're doing certain things to get ourselves to these big goals. And it, it was, I guess, part luck and then part action, right? So part luck on us that we were talking about what, we're, what we were doing and part action by her because she stepped up to say, hey, here's what I'm doing, right? And so she mm-hmm. moved to Tennessee. She took action. She wanted to be involved in Peely and, and her met separately through Clubhouse and, and Peely was you know, um, voicing how we were looking for this role. And so it met in that perfect world where it, 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 you could say luck, but luck's never, never going to appear or you're never going to be ready for it if action isn't taken. And so Alessandra took action, Peely took action, and that aligns to have Alessandra come into our world and just provide everything that she has to us in our business. Was it ever nerve wracking the fact that y'all met on Clubhouse? <laughs> and because uh, she was, uh, I mean, I, I mean, that's, I, I just never, well, I mean, I guess I was, I mean, I was on Clubhouse, but I guess it was also just like almost nerve wracking too, just like, um, making that big leap from California all the way over to, to Nashville with someone that you that you met on Clubhouse. Did were there any uh, you know I guess are there reserves that that you're like oh you know I want to make sure that I empower or let's uh, ooh, 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 hold on backtrack backtrack backtrack. So I now I, 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 I know where you're going and I'll okay. say I'll say no because ultimately we hired someone else. 
and Alessandra was still moving here. And we didn't know, we, we didn't, at that point we were, we were already hiring someone else and that person's mom got sick. And ultimately Alessandra had already moved and moved here or just had moved here, even though that was happening because she was still going here to do, do multifamily. So what happens, this person's mom got sick and they couldn't work here anymore. So they had to move back to Florida and Alessandra was here. And Peely said, well, I did speak to Alessandra. I had never spoken to Alessandra, nor um, we, we hadn't talked at all. And Peely said, she's great. She's here. We, we should definitely have the conversation. Um, and we did. And it, it was fantastic. Right. And so that was the stage that she was still taking action, right. Where she wasn't letting it sideline her like, Oh, what was me, Jason and Peely, you know, hire someone else. She was still taking action because her goal is to find her way to benefit others with multifamily to help her also get herself to that next step in the process. Got it. And so what are, what were some of the, uh, the other action items that uh, she has been doing um, that helps uh, your team out and, sure. and, and your operations? Besides the day-to-day to help from the assistant level, she underwrites the deal. She takes the first pass of the deals to go through the deals, to get them set up, to understand if there's anything here of resources for us to dive deeper into. So she does the first pass. We've gone through all underwriting. She'll take each deal and she loves it. She loves underwriting. Uh, so she'll dive yeah. through all the deals to see if it crosses and, and basically crosses the line where we may have the opportunity to, to look at this in, in further detail. And right, that, then that's that point, right? We might spend a lot of time inputting things, but she's loving that, right? Because she's learning all the in-betweens and then I can get to look at it and just provide the, the overview to say, okay, I see where some of the gaps are that we could potentially add value. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's see if we can change the dead terms. Let's make sure the interest rates are within line. Um, are we being too uh, aggressive or too conservative on our rents here? Um, let's see what happens if we change our whole period, right? So we, we were able to now, I'm able to focus on that instead of the in-betweens of plugging in the rent roll. Got it. Now, uh, for a person that is just starting then, and um, you know, let's say they want to help other general partners, like what are some of the main main concepts and factors that they should be focusing on before they, I guess, even start reaching out or start looking for potential partners or start looking for mentors? What can you do? It's, it's as simple as that, is that what, where can you provide that value, right? So, so Avizanda could come in in that part where we were looking for an assistant. We were also looking for help with underwriting, right? So that's my strength, but it's the, 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 the point of inputting everything is what takes all the time and be able to set the narrative for where the property can be that, that cuts out a tremendous amount of time for us to really just be able to go in there and look at it with all the deal, all the, uh, everything already in the spreadsheet, right? So she does a great job on that front, but that's what she wants to do. The underwriting side, she really likes that. So are you good at, um, finding leads? Are you, do you have a balance sheet? Are you good at underwriting? Are you good, um, are, are task oriented? Like where can you provide value to others? Because then you can say, hey, listen, I'm good. I'm good at web design. I don't know. Like, where can you provide value to someone else? Because that's how you can help them and ultimately will help you. Because many times you say, hey, can you, can I help you? But if I was like that, I was like, you know, probably not because I, I don't, don't have time to discover what you can do and then identify if it's a right fit. So it's, mm-hmm. it's again, cutting out all the little pieces there and then just helping us help you. Got it. And, you know, for, for someone that is starting out, then that also doesn't have like, let's say a lot of experience or, or let's even just like a, a lot of, of money then like uh, in terms of just like, like, cause, cause I guess like one of my self-limiting beliefs then was, you know, how can I add value with someone that has zero experience and never owned a piece of real estate then also has zero capital. So could you pick up the phone and call 20 apartment buildings to see if they're looking for to sell, you know, could you, call, pick, and uh, make a list of all the brokers in town and start emailing them to see if they want to set a meeting. 
you know, could you start posting on social media with this person, just talking about what they're doing in multifamily to help them get new investors. There, there's, you could do any of those, right? So mm-hmm. all of those without really for you to, you know, have to put capital out of your pocket. So it's just saying like, what can you do, right? You could do all these things. And sometimes we think we're limited. Like, I don't know anything about multifamily, but you don't need to know anything yet. You just need to know like, what is, what you like doing, right? Like, could you, um, do you have a big platform that you could reach out for and, and, and bring investors into this part? Could, could you, we could, you know, so there's the, the options are unlimited. It just, you have to sometimes think make a list of like, here's what I can do. Here's what I like to do. Okay. Here's the three to four things I like to do. Now go help someone with those three to four things. You know, I'm curious then along with your journey and making sure, cause, cause what I'm hearing is there's, there's huge emphasis then on, on working on our strengths and finding out what we like to do. Now, were there, was there ever a moment where you're like, you know what, I feel like I need to do and learn this because it's extremely uncomfortable, but it's extremely valuable. And you, you sort of like push some of your strengths aside to focus on your weaknesses, or do you try and fill that in right? Or, or get like just a solid understanding of your weakness and then just try and fill that in. Depends where you're going to be, right? So if you're hmm. going to be a team member, then you just focus on your strengths so you can provide value to learn the other steps. If you're a team leader, then, I, you know, for me, like I, I have to know all the roles to make sure I'm putting pe- people in a position to win, but also understanding what they need to do, right? Because because some of the parts is that if I'm empowering them, sometimes I need to give them more guidance on where they need to go, even if it is their strength. Maybe they haven't done this on a $10 million or $20 million deal. So I need, need to help set the narrative for, for what they need to do to, you know, find more investors or to underwrite a larger deal, right? So if, you know, for some strength wasn't underwriting, you still need to know the, the, the at least the scheme of underwriting. So you know what's happening in there. So someone's not just handing you a spreadsheet and you're saying, okay, it looks good. And going off someone else's part where they may have just messed up a formula, right? So you have to, it depends. If you're a team member, just get your strengths so you can get yourself going. Don't worry about your weaknesses. If you're going to be the team leader at the gate, then you do have to know the other roles just to know what's being done. Because if you don't know the other roles, you don't know where, where the weak spots are. Got it. Okay. And, and so really, I really like how, how you uh, made the difference between being a team member and then just being a team leader. And then also learning as if you do want to be the team leader at, at the end of the day, you can learn by being a team member by also Correct. Um, yep. leveraging your, your other resources then. Okay. And so let's see. <laughs> I'm thinking of like all these questions and it's like popping in, in a lot of different areas. So, uh, you know, I know we talked about this a little bit then from like single family to we, we transitioned from single family to multifamily then. And it, it was the switch of a mindset, right? So in, in terms of just like, even just like very, very, very first steps, like before you call these apartment buildings or before you, you network or uh, you, you call these partners or you get a, a scope of the area, then like what are, uh, for someone that is just starting, what, what advice would you give them if they're wanting to transition out of single family? Why? Right. Cause if you're just, why do you want to do that? Cause maybe mm-hmm. single family is the right space for you to be, you know, it's it, sometimes the grass always seems green on the other part, but why do you want to do this specifically? Like why? Well, I want a thousand units. Okay. Why? I want a $10,000 a month. Why? Because $10,000 a month, maybe you only need four or maybe you need 16. Right. You know, so why, like why specifically do you want to do this? And when we can get to our why that ultimately is going to give us the next step of the phase. Right. So, cause the why could lead us to, Oh, I want 10,000 hours a month. Okay. That means I need to get 60 units here 
because 60 units will give me $150 of cash flow per unit, you know, a month. Okay. Okay. Now that's actionable. Okay. So what kind of areas could provide, you know, that kind of resources? Uh, maybe I'm in, I don't know, Indianapolis. I don't know, you know, and so maybe that's the market I'm going to be in. Okay. So now I can learn about that market. Right. So the, the, the why is it's easy to say again, hard to do. Mm. Got it. And then I know I'm going like in a lot of different directions, but one of, one of the questions that I had too is uh, what are some of the, your main focuses when like looking at a market uh, in a new city? So like y'all were in New Jersey, y'all looked at, at Louisville, Kentucky. Like what were some of the things that stood out to y'all when uh, you were going to decide to invest there? Yeah. So we're going to look at the MSA. Does it have 250,000 people or more? Because we want people that could actually live in our building. We want, don't want 10,000 where, you know, our building is going to be subservient to just not enough people. We want population growth, just, just at least nominal, two, 3%, nothing big, but we don't have big swings of ups and downs, of inflows and outflows. Same thing. We want job growth. We want job diversity, right? So the job growth, we don't want it with just one employer. We want diversity across jobs. So if one employer just doesn't make it, it doesn't bring down the town. We want to get into submarkets that have good household income between $40,000 and $90,000 that has a supply of buildings, but isn't oversupplied on the construction coming online. Mm-hmm. So those are usually the top drivers. I mean, we can go down a rabbit hole. There's a million of them we could look at, but those are the top drivers of what we will look at. And what are the, some, of, some of the resources that y'all use in order to find yeah. some of these, these drivers? You know, if you want to look at paid ones, you can look at Reonomy, you can look at Reese, you can look at CoStar. Uh, if you want to look at free ones, you can go to Rentometer, you can go to the Census Bureau, you can go to City Data, you can get like the Marcus and Miller Chaps reports, you can go to like greatschools.org for schools, Truya Crime Maps for crime reports, Zillow just to see other rent comps or other sales comps. So you can right. do all of those resources. Got it. And, and another question that popped up in my head is, uh, and, and this is, where I felt like I was almost trying to find the perfect market where like, you know what, like this is, this is the market that it's just going to be the best market in the world. Like, I'd love to get your, your take on that. Cause I hear that people can make money in every single market. It right. just, just depends on the strategy. Just pick a market. Like that's literally the easiest thing to do. Just pick a market because at least it's going to do what it's going to give you to take that first step, which is going to get you the best, better questions, going to get you the better answers. And ultimately you might find it's not the right market, but you've learned the process now. And so you go to another market and now you just put them, put it into work. Right. So we didn't start in Louisville, Kentucky. We went to Greensboro first. We were doing that whole process, six months of just trying to figure it out. We got close on a deal, just didn't get across. We probably at that time were too conservative because it was our first one. But in that front, just working across the board. But then the second we jumped to Louisville, we had already done all the mechanics. So we we're able to just put it to work because we knew how to do it. Right. So it's like you're, you're rebuilding an engine. You've never, never done it before. You do it. You're like, okay, hardest thing in the world. The second time, it's, it's not as hard, right? Because you, you've done it, done it before. Right. It's the same thing that you get into that market, the new market, when now you're understanding the path you need to take to get there. So any market will do right. Start on the high level. You got three. OK, pick three. Now just pick one. Right. And so so look for ones, like we said, that have the, the big drivers. Like there's a ton of them out there, but just pick one because any is going to do. But at least it will get you out of the gate. So you don't necessarily need to even live in your market then. You can you can yeah. still pick in an out-of-state market. Huh. That is no, I'm guessing you're in San Francisco, right? Yeah. So could you go there? Yeah, sure. Um, but it's also gonna be a different, you know, goals for you, right? So mm. right now, unfortunately, rent's going down there. However, it's been there forever, but you don't get a lot of cash flow there, but you get appreciation, right? So so you're not gonna get a ton of cash flow out of that market, but you're gonna get more potential upside appreciation in some other markets. So if your goal is cash flow, 
not the right market, right? So maybe you got to go to like a New Mexico or an Arizona where maybe prices are a little um, more palatable. However, there will be more opportunity for cash flow. Mm, got it, got it, got it. Just stick with the market, stay with it, and <laughs> go go from there. Got it. Give it time to, to faster to grow, right? And then you know, give it four or five months. And I guarantee you'll put the steps in place, and either it's gonna be the right one or not, you know. And then you make the change if you have to, or you stick it out, and you'll find your way in that market. Got it. Now, yeah, any any educational resources that you'd love to just shout out that helped you along your journey? Then that maybe some books or other podcasts that that you, that you've listened to. You know, I mean, there's always. I, I think you're always, and what I think was helpful is that shut off all the noise about real estate that's not aligned to what you want to do. So you want to do multifamily, just start listening to multifamily multifamily podcasts, mm. right? Because if you're going to listen to multifamily podcast and then you know short term rental podcast and single family, even if you don't want to, your mind's going to get like blown away by all these other fancy things. Right. So stay in your lane and start listening to things that are directly aligned to multifamily. Be hyper focused. And then start your day with Aloha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, that's all the questions that, that I have for me. Now, if people want to learn from you and get more in, con- get in contact with you, how can they reach you again? Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you for having me, yurusiholdings.com or Jason Yurusi on Instagram. And I'll definitely put those in the show notes. Jason, thank you so much for coming on to the show and empowering my audience with you know some of the knowledge, the mindset shifts, and then just uh, this just this insight that I have in order to help me on my journey. And then I'm sure is my listeners' journey as well. So thank you again, Jason, for for coming on to the show and uh, have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.